Thanks, and welcome to Ask BBB. Ask BBB provides information about activities of the Better Business Bureau serving Western Ontario. Accredited businesses give consumers trusted information that helps in choosing products and services. And business owners and managers share insights that can benefit other business operators to conduct their businesses with trust and integrity. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO and the president of BBB Serving Western Ontario. These first few weeks on Ask BBB, we've been featuring topics that relate to fresh starts on both a personal and a business level. Some things you know you should do but haven't gotten around to, like getting more exercise, quitting smoking, and in business, making better use of your time, or a big one like developing policies to guarantee human rights. And that last one is most likely to be one that small businesses put off, thinking, I don't really need a written policy or we'll do it when we get more time. Joyce Thomas of Thomas Litigation is our guest this morning to give us some ideas um, of the importance of developing a human rights policy and information and how small businesses can achieve it. Good morning and welcome to Ask BBB. Good morning, Linda. Your website, besides providing information about the services you provide through Thomas Litigation, paints a picture of the complexity of legislation that applies in the workplace you are quoted as describing it as challengingly unique. If someone with your background and qualifications finds it challenging, it must be doubly so for small business owners. What makes it so challenging? What makes it challenging is that every case is different. One of the most important things about the Human Rights Tribunal and the cases that it decides is that it recognizes the people and the businesses involved are very different and the situations that they find themselves in are different. Now, as lawyers, we read all of these precedent cases and we look for similarities and we look for the precedent value that we can get from decisions that have been decided before. But now with human rights cases, what makes them unique is that the precedential value of a case that's been decided before doesn't necessarily mean that the case before you today will be decided in the exact same way. So does that mean that uh, some of the rights as they're documented are open to interpretation and so each case then becomes individual? There is a lot of flexibility in how we interpret the legislation. Uh, Particularly what's interesting about human rights is it does evolve over time. So the human rights that we recognize and that we value as important evolve over time. And and we hope that it evolves to the better. And so we see cases uh, such as uh, gender equality, uh, gender preference, uh, all of those types of things have been more recent developments in the Human Rights Tribunal. However, more traditional uh, protections in the Human Rights Tribunal are things like freedom from race. We know that Race discrimination has been historically something that has been on original ground that was protected by the Human Rights Code. But as we evolve as a society, we see that those protections will evolve with us. I can tell already that it's a challenging environment. So what are the first steps you advise small business owners to take to meet those challenges? They need to start with their policy. It's a policy that we sometimes just don't turn our minds to. And it's sometimes we feel overwhelmed by what does it need to have? Uh, Does it need to be perfect? 
But the thing about a policy is it can always be improved. You can always put a little bit more effort in it as you go along. You can always sculpt it as you go along. But you got to start somewhere. Should you have a lawyer involved in that, in setting that policy, do you think? Oh, that's definitely uh, the the foundation work that uh, you start with. You don't necessarily need a lawyer at that point. It's easy because I, I and my colleagues in London, uh, there are many lawyers who do human rights work who will help you write those policies. But I would say the first go-to place is the website for the Human Rights Tribunal itself. Uh, the website for the Human Rights Tribunal or the Ontario Human Rights Commission both have sample policies. Oh, I was going to ask if yeah. there's a pro forma. So um, you have a sample, you then can adapt that to your own yes. situation? Mm-hmm. So when you look at those uh, pro forma forms that are available online, you really look at what's how big your business is, how many employees do you have, uh, what type of issues you might see uh, for instance, in accommodation. So is there something that needs uh, more specific detail for your employee? Or is it that a, there's a one-size-fits-all solution that you can start with so that it gives uh, both the employer and the employee uh, the knowledge that there's something there that they should be turning their mind to? And then that serves as your first step. One of your presentations on your website, Thomas Litigation, um, site is uh, titled Building Your Law Firm's HR Toolkit. What is needed in that toolkit? Well, the toolkit actually includes a lot more than just uh, the human rights uh, element. The The HR toolkit really was uh, back in 2010 when I believe that presentation was presented uh, was just to give law firms, young law firms, little law firms, uh, an idea of what kinds of things would they need when dealing with an employee, when they decided to take on staff for their business. And so now, uh, with the use of technology, the development of technology, we have all sorts of resources available to us. And the things that you find in your toolkit are things like employment contracts, regular workplace policies for which Human rights would be one. Uh, how do you uh, discipline an employee? How do you terminate an employee? How do you accommodate an employee? All of those things where you're going to see points of discussion where between you and your employee needs to have some sort of plan uh, and discussion about what is the issue that you're dealing with. That's really the type of thing that goes into an HR toolkit. Because once you create an HR toolkit, it's really a a blueprint to your employment relationship. How do you define human rights for people who are starting out with this? Is there a definition? Oh, there definitely is a definition. <laughs> uh, in Ontario, uh, the legislation is the Human Rights Code, and they actually do define uh, what human rights are and what the the grounds are that you will be protected from, either from being harassed or discriminated against. Now, as an employment lawyer, when I deal with human rights, most of the time I'm dealing with cases that involve employment or services. But the Human Rights Tribunal, the Human Rights Code actually does deal with other situations, things like landlord and tenant. So when you go and you look at the Human Rights Code and you read the preamble or even their information guides available online, you're able to get an idea of how vast and, and how 
very different situations the Human Rights Code applies. You're listening to Ask BBB, and our guest is Joyce Thomas, who is a lawyer with Thomas Litigation. And we have just begun to scratch the surface, and we'll continue in a moment after this break. Welcome back to Ask BBB, a weekly program produced by the Better Business Bureau serving Western Ontario. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Our guest this morning is Joyce Thomas, a lawyer with Thomas Litigation. And Joyce, before the break, we were just about to talk about developing a workplace discrimination policy and what that would sound like. How do you assist small businesses with this? Well, the first thing I always start with is assessing what policies they have currently. Some businesses come to me and they have no policies, so we start from scratch. But some companies have multiple policies and they're looking to integrate their policies. I always like to recommend that you make your policies reader-friendly. Because you want your employees to have easy access and easy understandability for your policies. So when particularly dealing with the Human Rights Code, I'm going to be looking at any policy that deals with discrimination, harassment, violence, or accommodation. Those four things can be found often in separate policies or they're they're missing a part of the policy. So my first step really is to get an idea of what I'm working with and how we can make those policies more reader-friendly. So what what then should a, a policy sound like? The policy really needs to what lawyers refer to as plain language. It needs to have uh, an easy, understandable process for A, how do you report concerns? B, who do those concerns go to? And then C, what steps are you going to take next? So The steps that you're going to take next may include informal processes where your employees, for example, employees often have disputes with other employees. And so you need to have an informal process about how you can take those two employees through an informal dispute resolution process so that we can all work together and create a better work environment. But then we also have circumstances of where there are serious threats to the the safety of a work environment or a particular employee, and we need a formal process to be undertaken. That may mean a formal workplace investigation to determine what we need to do, or, and it may include a formal process, a plan that has to be put in place for when those situations occur. Joyce, what are the most frequent complaints that you see under the Human Rights Code? The most common complaints are actually a failure to accommodate. So the employee has uh, a problem either with harassment from a fellow coworker or they need uh, an accommodation plan on the basis of a disability. So we're seeing mental health become a more serious problem in the workplace. We're seeing cancer, long-term health problems becoming a greater concern for workplaces. And so Employees feel that they don't know how to approach their employers when often the employers have no idea what's happening and the workplace policies that you can put in place are really the first opportunity for small businesses to send the message to their their employees that they're welcome to working with them through these situations and they really want to provide the best accommodation for the circumstance. And so when an employee pulls out that workplace policy manual, you're really sending the message of what you're going to do to help them. If it's a small business, um, do they sometimes involve some of their employees in 
helping develop the policies? They definitely do. I've, I've dealt with many uh, office managers, uh, particularly small businesses, will go out there, they find bright talent, uh, sometimes often right out of school, and they really train them to how best to work within their own workplace. So what are the needs of their business? And they're able to train that person and communicate to that person what their values are for their company and how to best reflect that in their policies. So 100% having somebody within your own shop is definitely the way to go. Well, I guess the ideal is that there would never be any complaints and that putting the policy in place would prevent that. But uh, what happens then when an employee does have a, a human rights complaint? How does it start and where do you go from there? Well, you hope... Uh, we would hope as uh, uh, small businesses that the complaint comes to the employer first, that because you have your workplace policy, the employee will have come across that there is a process internally as to how the employer will deal with the issue. But if not, the employee has the right to make an application to the Human Rights Tribunal. And the application will then set out what the person's complaint is, uh, what ground they feel the employer has violated under the Human Rights Code, and then it will go to the registrar of the Human Rights Tribunal to determine what the next steps will be. In most cases, that next step is the employer has to file a formal response uh, to the application to state why they don't feel that there was a human rights violation. So besides hiring a lawyer, are there resources available for the employers? Definitely uh, informally, from an informal perspective, going to the Ontario Human Rights uh, Commission website is the best resource. Uh, but once a application has been started and you receive that application from the Human Rights Tribunal, your first step really should be to at least get a consultation meeting with a lawyer so that you can determine what you need to do, what steps need to be taken so that your not failing your obligations under the code. Some small business owners feel that it's it's really difficult to uh, accommodate all of this. It's difficult to discipline an employee who isn't performing up to standard without being accused of harassment or discrimination. What, what advice do you give uh, employers who feel this way? I always say when I'm dealing with my employer-side clients that in all of the vast case, vast amount of cases that there are before the tribunal, one of the consistencies that I commonly see is that the tribunal is going to look at how reasonable you were as an employer in dealing with the complaint internally. So did you talk to the employee when if you heard about it either firsthand or through what we say office gossip, regardless of how you found out about it, what steps did you take? in dealing with that employee? Were you reasonable? Were you friendly? Did you take a, a good approach to dealing with this human being who was facing something that could be a very serious issue? And in their mind, if you've taken reasonable steps, that's the best defense. Joyce, uh, how do people get in touch with you if um, they want to engage your services or to learn more? Uh, the easiest way uh, to find all of my contact information is on my website at www.thomaslitigation.ca or to email me at joyce at thomaslitigation.ca. 
Well, Joyce, thanks very much for being with us this morning and for taking time to give us at least a small idea of what's involved with uh, human rights and the kinds of policies we need to develop. You're listening to Ask BBB, and our guest has been Joyce Thomas, who is a lawyer with Thomas Litigation, an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau. And we'll return in a moment with some compliments. Welcome back to Ask BBB. The Better Business Bureau, serving Western Ontario, is one of 110 Better Business Bureaus across Canada and the United States. The BBB, serving Western Ontario, serves Chatham-Kent, Elgin-Huron, London-Middlesex, Norfolk, Oxford, Sarnia-Lampton, and Windsor-Essex counties. And accredited businesses adhere to a set of standards that includes advertising honestly, being truthful and transparent, honoring promises and settling any consumer complaints or disputes quickly, professionally, and in good faith. Our purpose is to create an ethical marketplace where buyers and sellers trust each other. Our motto is, start with trust. And in addition to helping consumers and businesses deal with any disputes that arise in the normal course of doing business, BBB also has a way for consumers to let people know when they've had a very satisfactory service. The way to do that is to go to the BBB directory at bbb.org backslash western hyphen Ontario and input the name of the business. Once you are on the business's page in the directory, you can scroll down to Customer Review. You'll see any reviews left by other customers, and you'll see a button titled Write a Review. That will take you to a form that lets you give your positive impressions of the products or services you've had the chance to interact with. Now, there are other review sites out there, Linda, but how does the BBB review differ? As you'll see on the website, BBB customer reviews allow customers to rate their marketplace experiences with businesses using a star scale. And just like our complaints, reviews are sent to the business before they are published online. Consumers, upon request of BBB and businesses, must be able to provide substantiation of the marketplace interaction. So they have to be actual customers. So the fact that the review is verified is is pretty important. Very important. It confirms that the customer reviews are vetted by BBB team members and sent to the business before they are published online. Consumers, upon request of BBB and businesses, must be able to provide substantiation of that marketplace interaction. You can review the entire process when you visit the BBB website. At BBB.org, you'll see that our site evaluates all types of businesses against a set of best practices for how businesses should treat the public. We don't outright endorse certain businesses, products, or services. Rather, we provide overview information like a bio and the company's accreditation status, a history of any complaints made about the business, and whether they were resolved, and an important component are those customer reviews. We also include an A to F rating of that business. So these reviews are very useful for consumers then. As consumers, we want to know how the product has performed for others, and we want to know what the service was like. So when you file a review, you are helping other consumers and doing something positive for the business. Everybody likes a compliment for a job well done. Well, in fact, Linda, Compliment Day is coming up next week. January 24th is declared Compliment Day. National Compliment Day was created by Kathy Chamberlain of Hopkinton, uh, New Hampshire, and Debbie Hoffman of Concord, New Hampshire, in 1998. 
They felt it would be a good way to connect positively with others. So, give a shout-out to people who are doing good things and brighten up their day. And of course, you can do that anytime, but on January 24th, National Compliment Day, it'll be positively perfect. <laughs> and a reminder that you can get in touch with us at BBB, serving Western Ontario, anytime. You can connect through the website, bbb.org backslash western hyphen Ontario. And of course, contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBB Western ONT. And if you have a question or perhaps a guest suggestion for the program, tweet us at hashtag AskBBB. If you are interested in becoming a BBB accredited business, call us or go online to bbb.org backslash western hyphen Ontario and become part of one of the largest business networks in North America. And don't forget to keep up to date with the scams that are out there by clicking on Scam Tracker. Well, Linda, that's our time for this edition of Ask BBB. So until next time, I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Remember, Ask BBB. And start with trust.